Thanks for downloading this week's Revolution Community Church podcast. We hope you are challenged by this talk and will share it with your family and friends. If this is your first encounter with Revolution, we'll hope you'll come and visit us at our Logansport campus at 3930 East Market Street. Or check us out online at revolutioncc.org. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode at Revolution, where Sundays are a party, where the family gets together and we're always expecting guests. Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. Dear tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled-up fist. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. Ricky, finish them, Grace. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo T-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't encourage any theology to be, to be received from that film, but we're going to talk about Jesus brings a party today. So I thought, hey, let's just dress up for the occasion, all right? So um, I, I, you're probably feeling a little underdressed right now. Just calm down. It's all good. Um, by the way, if we haven't met yet, my name is Anthony. I have the privilege of serving Revolution as lead pastor. And if we have not met, I would love to meet you today. Like if, if this is your first Sunday or maybe one of the last few weeks has been your first Sunday, but we haven't connected yet. Uh, I, I'm going to be out at the Next Step station right after service today. I'd love to meet you. Uh, there's some other volunteers. We'd love to meet you, hang out with you. And we'd love to give you a gift, a gift card to Pizza Hut. Just as a way of saying thanks for checking things out. That's what we're giving this this month. Because nothing says party time quite like pizza. Uh, the Ninja Turtles got that one right. Okay, so um, so hang out. Like if, if you're new, please stop by. If you're wanting to take a next step, stop by. Let's 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 uh, utilize this amazing uh, area out here in the front west uh, part of the concourse. So um, we we started this series last week. This is our second week, and we went old school in week one. We started with some writings from a king named David second king of the nation of Israel, and, uh, and how he, when he described people getting together to worship God, he, he would use all these party words like singing and dancing and shouting and bursting. That was even one of the words we looked at and, and the, like the imagery of that. And, and he talked about party instruments like trumpets, horns, harps. That was the only confusing one, right? Because maybe they could rock back, rock out to the heart back in the day. I don't know, but uh, but they, just he he described getting together to worship God with like party language, and then we went to 
the book of Leviticus. We don't go there often on Sundays, but we talked about all these festivals that God established for his people, the, the Hebrew people, to follow. And we, we kind of compare those festivals to, to us getting together and kind of what that looks like today. It, it was just, just this awesome thing. Um, and and they, were, they were put on the calendar. God appointed his people to follow these festivals. They're on the calendar, meaning you might not feel like partying right now. Life might not be a celebration, but it's there. You're, you're going to do this. This is what's best for you because like, there's something about when you get together to celebrate, it, it can take your, your mind and, and mood and everything off of your, your situation and put it back on where it needs to be, on the Savior. And, and they would, in these festivals, they would celebrate, they would look back in thankfulness, and they would anticipate. Those were two really big words last week. Celebrate anticipate. They looked back in thankfulness, forward in hope. We do the same thing when we gather together as followers. We look back thanking God for all he's done. We look forward in anticipation of the best is yet to come. And then there's this really cool little bit of information we discovered that it, when you add it all up, like all the annual festivals that God called them to follow, as well as the weekly Sabbath celebration and wedding celebrations, birth celebrations, when you put it all together, here's what it adds up to. One-fourth of the ancient Hebrews year was dedicated to celebrating. Three months. That's how much of a priority it was. Parties with a purpose are a priority to God. And it should be to his followers today. And, and we said, this is before Jesus, okay? Like, we now have the gift of Jesus. As the church, we have so much more to, to celebrate, anticipate, to be thankful for, to be hopeful for. So, we're going to look like Jesus came. And Jesus modeled this whole idea of celebration and joy for us. So we're going to talk about Jesus today. And we're going to start in John chapter 15. Feel free to turn there if you'd like. Uh, you can get it up on your Bible app. It's going to be on the screens as well. And here, here's something really interesting. I, I think sometimes we, we can think about like Bible verses, Scripture as, you know, God inspired it. But, but more than that, we can think about like God somehow magically made ink appear on a page like, that's how he did the Bible, you know, kind of thing. That's not how the Bible was written. Uh, men were actually inspired, like real flesh and blood human beings were inspired by God to write down words with a real pen and real ink. That's how it happened. And they were, they were inspired by God to do this. And we're going to look at three different uh, books in Scripture today. Or, or, there are three Gospels, actually. Uh, Luke, we're going to look at a few passages from there. We're going to flip, flip around a little bit. We're going to look at Matthew, and we're going to read a couple verses from John. Now, it's really interesting because uh, Luke, he was actually a medical doctor. And as far as we know, he was not a follower of Jesus until after the resurrection. And then once Jesus rose from the dead and, and so many people witnessed this event and, and there were like rumors were being spread and so much, there was so much evidence to the resurrection that Jesus rose from the dead that Luke, this doctor, became a Christ follower. And he actually interviewed all these eyewitnesses and put together the book of Luke based on these like interviews with eyewitnesses. Matthew and John, the other two Gospels we'll look at, they, they were eyewitnesses. So they witnessed these things that they write about happen. So there's so much credibility to what we're going to kind of flip through in Scripture. So we're going to start right at the Gospel of John. This is almost the, the end. It's the, it's the Passover night, the night before the crucifixion. We talked about Passover last week. But Jesus, is he's with his closest friends in an upper room, and he says this. I have told you these things, as in everything I just told you about, like, you know, abide in me. That's what he's talking about there. As in all the things I've told you about over these years we've been together. I've told you these things so that you will be, let's read these couple words, filled with my joy. 
Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. We said last week, God's people should be known for joy and celebration. And one of the last things that Jesus said to his closest friends was everything I've taught you about, everything I've modeled in front of you, everything that I'm getting ready to do in front of you by laying down my life for all of humanity, all of it is so that you can be filled with my joy. Notice the pronoun. It's my joy. Like I live this life of joy and celebration and I am passing that off to you. And I want you to be so filled with my joy, Jesus says, that it like overflows out of your life onto other people so that other people are loved in the same way I've loved you. You've seen me live it, now you live it. Because, listen, Jesus lived a life of joy and celebration, and he lived this way to pass it on to us. That's who Jesus was, and that's what Jesus was about, joy and celebration. Like, you, you constantly saw Jesus hanging around with people and celebrating and feasting and partying. He, he used illustrations constantly told stories about feasts and parties and what it would be like in the kingdom of heaven and in the story where it, it ends with a feast and all this kind of stuff jesus very first miracle guess where it was a party wedding party he turns water into wine very first miracle uh it, we're, we're going to look at a couple other stories of, of parties that jesus attended in just a few minutes his life was filled with joy and celebration but as you know there were some people that were not fans of this the religious community. And by Luke 15, here, here's what was happening. And I'm, I'm going to read this from the Message Bible because I think it, it just gives really like clear words to what was going on as you know rumors were flying about Jesus and this. This is what it says. By this time, a lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. So you have these people that were kind of like the outcasts of society. The religious community had pushed them aside and they were hanging out with Jesus and hanging on every word Jesus said. It continues. The Pharisees and religion scholars were not pleased, not at all pleased. They growled. Think about that. I love that imagery. Ah. He, he takes in sinners and eats meals with them, treating them like old friends. And their grumbling triggered this story. And then Jesus goes into a story that talks about the real heartbeat of God. And actually, he tells several different stories in, in this chapter, uh, the last story, it ends with this huge party. We're, we're actually going to look at a couple of those stories next week, so don't miss that. But, but like the types of people Jesus chose to often hang out with, it wasn't your typical church crowd, okay? It wasn't your typical religious crowd. The friends Jesus chose weren't the religious elite. The, the team he chose to spread his love and start the church were some of the most unlikely, unqualified, undesirable people on the planet, the, the people least like Jesus liked Jesus. And do you know why? Because Jesus liked them. Like Jesus was fun and Jesus was real and Jesus was kind and loving and, and warm and, and like kids would like hang around Jesus and you, you'd see him like climbing up on Jesus and uh, like he was always showing up to social events and making himself available to everyday people. And Jesus loved to go to parties because he knew there's going to be people there that weren't so judgmental and hypocritical and that were open to his message. But the religious leaders in the first century, they couldn't stand Jesus and the way he lived and interacted with people. And friends, I'm convinced many churches in America today are still so full of religion that they would respond to Jesus if he were living life today. 
in a very similar way to the religious leaders of the first century. Like if Jesus would show up in our time and in our culture and live in the way that he did back in the first century, we wouldn't even recognize him because he would live so radically different than we think. He would be hanging out in places and with people that you think would be the least likely of places and people to be hanging out with. And it made the religious community so mad that not only were they like saying things about him, but they were spreading rumors that were not even true about Jesus based on these parties and festivals and feasts and stuff that he was going to. Here's what it says in Matthew 11. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, the son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, meaning these religious people, they say, here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. See, here's what was really going on. Let, Let me sum it up with a little simple statement. Hopefully we can remember. People get jealous of joy. Have you ever noticed that? People get jealous of joy. When when your life is miserable and dogmatic and locked up in a prison cell of religion and you see this guy that's claiming to be God's son that's that's having a blast and living life to the fullest and attending feasts and parties and and gatherings with people, many people that, that were deemed the outcast of society, rumors start circulating. People get jealous of joy. And instead of seeing how Jesus lived and, and, and choosing to live more like him and the liberty and the freedom that Jesus offers, they just start making up things and blowing things out of proportion about Jesus. Because yes, Jesus was attending feast and eating and drinking, but never once did he cross that line to gluttony or drunkenness. He never sinned. And Jesus is getting together with people and socializing and partying and having a great time. But there's always a bigger purpose to the party, as we're going to see today. When you're trying to really live like Jesus, there's always going to be negative things said about you many times from the religious community. People get jealous of joy. And we have seen this so many times as a church community. Like God has done so much in and through revolution over these eight and a half years we've been doing this thing. And there are so many negative things that get said about revolution from the church community. It's the weirdest thing. An amazing thing happened last weekend, if you didn't know about it, uh, the fourth ever Church United event took place at McHale Performing Arts Center. It was incredible. If you're not familiar with Church United, it's this time where 20 plus churches now come together, pastors share different scriptures and readings and different things, but, but we all worship together. We're making a statement to our culture that's very divided right now. We're saying, hey, guess what? You can be very different. You can have theological differences, worship style differences, socioeconomic differences, but we can be united under Jesus together. That's what Church United is about. And it was this awesome event. Jeff Moss has led the last three events, and we've kind of handed the leadership baton off to some other leaders. So Revolution didn't run point on this. That's a huge credit to his leadership. But uh, So it looked a little bit different, but it was awesome. It was awesome. So we have this amazing event where churches come together and celebrate together, and God just smiles on this event. Then Sunday night, I get this text from one of the pastors. He says, brother, after a powerful service of unity, it's just like the enemy to create disunity. It's come to our attention that there's a rumor circulating in the community that our church is calling revolution the spirit of Antichrist. (laughs) I, I know I don't need to tell you that is patently false, but I wanted to bring it to your attention so we might agree in prayer against this. I don't even know what that means exactly. It doesn't sound good, anti-Christ, you know. But it, it's people, right? 
It's people. This is what religion does. It traps you in this place of piousness and dogmatism and judgmentalism. And and life seems so miserable and toxic to you that you have to spread bad things about other people or other churches to feel better about yourself. In the first year of our church, I'll never forget it. I've told this many times before. I'm at a chamber lunch, and I'm talking about revolution a little bit. And someone says, Revolution Church, isn't that that center-friendly church? And they meant it very negative. I'm like, keep spreading that, okay? That is the best marketing we could get. Absolutely, we're the center-friendly church. We serve the center-friendly Jesus. Hello, come on now. Yeah, that's us. People get jealous of joy, friends. When you enjoy life and celebrate and get along with people that are different from you and have fun and party like Jesus, people that have miserable lives will talk miserably about you. And that's what they did to Jesus because he wasn't afraid to get his party on and hang out with normal everyday people, even people that were very far from him. So let's look at two different situations. There's, we can look at so many different gatherings and parties and celebrations Jesus was at and attended or hosted or whatever. We're just going to look at two, and we're going to spend most of the time on the first one, a little bit of time on the second one, but it's, it's, it's awesome, so hang on for that. But uh, the first one, let me, let me set it up. Jesus had just healed a paralyzed man. He said, get up, take your mat, and walk, and this guy did. And right after that, Luke gives us this account. He says... After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, or Matthew, sitting at his booth, his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Now, we're not sure exactly why Matthew was so quick to follow Jesus. Maybe it was like he just saw Jesus heal a paralyzed man and mind blown, and okay, I'm with that guy, you know. Or maybe he witnessed some other miracle at some other time. Uh, maybe this first encounter with Jesus was just like so revolutionary to him that like, he's like, man, I just want whatever this guy, I'm, I'm, I'm in. And so he immediately follows Jesus. And, and this is what repentance looks like, by the way. He leaves behind his old life and follows Jesus. That's all it means to become a Christ follower. I'm leaving this behind and I'm, my, my life is about following Jesus now. And maybe that's a decision some of you are thinking about making. That's what it looks like. Matthew gives us the model. But, but you need to know, Matthew was a thug, okay? Like, he was not your, your normal, like, number-crunching, accountant, you know, tax-type guy. He probably looked more like he worked for Tony Soprano than H&R Block, okay? Like, Matthew's job was to separate you from your money. It, I mean, they were thieves. The, the, the people, the Hebrew people, the Israelites especially, they thought of tax collectors as thieves that worked for the enemy, the Roman government. He, so to, to get this position, like a tax collector, he'd given up his reputation, he'd given up his heritage, he'd given up his respectability in the community, his religion. He'd given it all up to just make a buck, probably a lot of bucks. He's probably a very wealthy guy. Uh, and, and by the way, this is really interesting. Tax booths, tax collector booths, uh, they, they were stationed outside of social gathering places because uh, tax collectors were seen as unclean, so they were not allowed in the synagogue or the temple or the marketplace because they were seen as unclean, so they would be in places right outside of those gathering areas to kind of catch you in between. So, I mean, nobody wanted to hang out with Matthew. Nobody except for his fellow scumbags and Jesus. That's it. And And, and Jesus, like, listen, this is... He didn't like just stumble upon Matthew like, hey, I need 12 guys, only got 11. Hey, you want to do this? No. 
He, he sought this guy out. He knew everything about Matthew. He knew his whole past. He knew his lifestyle. He knew his reputation. All, and he still chose Matthew to follow him. Does that relate to anyone's story today? Yeah. So Matthew is so excited about this new life of following Jesus that he does this. He throws a party. Then Levi, or Matthew, held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. And actually, the word that Luke uses for banquet there, it really means bash. Like, this isn't just some cake and ice cream deal, okay? This is like legit party. And Matthew, he would have had the money to do it. They, they got the DJ, the disco ball. I mean, there is dancing, there is feasting. I mean, this is a party, friends. And isn't it interesting that Matthew, this probably very wealthy man, decides, like once he becomes a Christ follower, he decides to use some of his resource to get his friends to meet Jesus. Just pretty cool. And, and I, I can imagine Matthew's brainstorming a little bit of this. Like, you know, I've never been accepted in the way that Jesus just accepted me. I've got all these friends that were, they're in the same boat I was just in. So I'm going to get all my friends together that aren't accepted by society. And Jesus, the one that accepts everyone just as they are. And we're just going to get them together in this party. And we're just going to see what happens. That's what he does. And just when the party's getting good, they just did the YMCA. So everybody's participating. Because that's the dance everybody participates in, right? Because all you got to do is move your arms with the YMCA. Everybody does. Let's just do it together. Ready? YMCA. Some of you didn't do it. That's all right. But so they did the YMCA. They're getting ready to do the cha-cha slide. You know, they're going to get the, they're going to get the feet involved, the legs involved. And, and the party poopers walk in. These guys showed up at every party Jesus went to. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law who belong to their sect complained to his disciples why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? These guys are professional party crashers. They, they show up at every party to do exactly this. Matthew himself actually writes about this in his account. It's worded a little bit differently. This is the same story from Matthew's perspective. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? Notice they don't say it to Jesus. They say it to the disciples. They're cowards. When Jesus heard this, he must have overheard it. He said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Maybe you've heard that before. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come not to call those who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners. And, and the Pharisees didn't understand. Jesus was talking about them. Like they thought they were okay, but they were not. Like they, they thought they were righteous, but they weren't. They thought they didn't need a doctor, but they needed Jesus to do emergency heart surgery stat on them right there. And, and what Jesus is really saying in these verses is, we're all sick. I mean, some of us have the courage to admit it. Some of us don't, but we're all sick. I mean, this is why Jesus came, was to cure this sickness called sin. But these religious leaders, they, they couldn't see it. So they totally missed the party. Like, because Jesus doesn't fit in their little religious box, they totally miss out on the party. You know, I, I love the idea of 
this party that Matthew throws. We'll call it a Matthew party. I love the idea of this party. I've been able to attend and host many Matthew parties over the years. We have gatherings at our house or at restaurants or other places where where there are Jesus followers present and people that aren't sure about Jesus yet, people at all different like kind of steps on the faith journey just come together. And of course, Jesus is always invited and hope that his love and acceptance is felt within that environment and that party, you know. I mean, that's what a Matthew party is, right? And, and I'm able to, like, through social media to see so many of you, like, you do this. Like, you have these get-togethers. Nick talked about his 4th of July bash where, you know, people from Revolution come together, people that maybe aren't sure about Revolution or church, like, just come together and Jesus is always invited and, and hopefully his love and acceptance is felt by everyone involved. For, for some of you, like, you found faith at Revolution, many of you actually, So these parties naturally happen because you have friendships with people that that aren't sure about Jesus yet. So you throw this party, you you have this get-together, and there are Jesus followers and non-Jesus followers that are present. And of course, again, Jesus always shows up in there and does his thing. And and people have actually started coming to Revolution because just some Matthew party happens, maybe naturally, maybe intentionally. And like just people are getting together, you're getting to know somebody, so eventually they come on a Sunday morning. We, I've said this phrase many times. This is like our evangelism, one of our evangelism strategies at Revolution. Invest and invite. That's what we encourage you to do. Invest your life in people. Invest some time. Invest a cup of coffee. Invest some food. Invest a, a party. You know, Invest some real relationship in someone. And, and just invite them. Because I don't know anyone that has ever been judged into the kingdom of God. I don't know anyone that has ever been shamed into the kingdom of God. I don't know anyone that's ever been argued into the kingdom of God. But I now know through this movement called Revolution, hundreds of people that have been loved. And through that love and through that relationship, they just move a little bit closer in the Jesus direction. And then eventually just show up on a Sunday. It's just how we do it. Invest and invite. Let me just survey the audience, because I need to get you more involved. Not, not everyone did this, so we've got to wake up a little bit. So let me just ask you this. How many of you started coming to Revolution because you saw a billboard about our church? Okay, I, 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 a couple first service as well, a couple of us. How many of you started coming to Revolution because you, you heard about us in the newspaper? Seriously, anybody? I figured we'd, there'd be a few for that. Okay, how many of you started coming because you got a flyer about Revolution Church? Nobody on that one. I didn't uh, we don't do flyers, but um, how many of you? How many of you started coming because you have a relationship with someone that was already coming, and they invited you, family member, friend, coworker, everybody, pretty much, right? Exactly, that's how it happens. Like somebody was coaching your kid's soccer team and started building a relationship, and you're like, that guy's kind of normal, and they're a church person. That's interesting. You know, so you just came, and uh, some some of you, like a friend, started coming, and you started seeing some changes in their life, and you're like. Man, what the heck? I kind of want that. So you just came on a Sunday, haven't looked back. Uh, some of you were bugged to death by someone till finally you said, okay, fine. And reluctantly you showed up and now you're showing up again and again and again, right? And, and aren't you so glad someone invited you? Aren't you so glad? Like, let's keep doing that. Like, let's keep doing this right here. I, I, I said this a couple months ago. I, I feel like I can say this phrase and mean it for the first time in years with Revolution. Invite somebody with you next week. And I can say it and mean it because we have seats for your someone that you invite. We have seats. And, and we're believing next Sunday's not going to be a snowstorm. So might not be quite as many seats, but there's going to be seats for that someone. So here, here is your next step. This is it. This is your only next step from today. 
course, to think about all that we're talking about. But here's what I'm encouraging you to do. Invite one person with you to the party next week. Invite one person, that's it. Family member, friend, Facebook invite, whatever it takes to just invite someone. Because every Sunday at Revolution is a Matthew party. Think about that. Every Sunday, people that have faith, we found this out last week, people that don't have faith, 6% of people that come to Revolution aren't sure about Jesus yet. So it's a Matthew party. People that have faith, don't have faith, coming together. Jesus is invited. Let's see what Jesus can do. And next week, we are going to talk about the party that happens when lost people become found. Okay, it is it's going to be awesome next week. So like somebody that's been like, just don't like church anymore. Maybe they've been burnt by church. Maybe they've just left faith in some way. Invite them next week. I believe God's going to do something really impactful next week. So buy, tell them you'll buy them a coffee at the coffee shop. Tell them you'll take them to lunch. Bribe them. Whatever it takes. Invite someone with you next week. And let's just see what God can do. Because most people will come if they're simply invited. If you just have the boldness to invite. It might take multiple invitations. But most people will come. Especially if they know you. If they're invited. That's all it takes most of the time. So just take a next step. Invite someone. Because we, we've been saying, there's a party happening every Sunday here at the Revolution Campus. We, we, eight months now, we've been saying this phrase. Some of you are getting sick of this phrase. I'm going to explain it a little bit because maybe, maybe you need to get reignited with this. Sundays are a party where the family gets together and we're always expecting guests. You know, when we started Revolution, Sunday morning was a come and see experience. Like, just come and see. And, and we would often start our services with a sit and listen song. You just come, you sit, and from the radio many times, sit and listen. And, and we, we still do that sometimes. Actually, the, the next series that we do uh, called Playlist, we're going to look at, we're going to listen to several radio songs. It's going to be great. But, but we are now more focused on being not just a come and see church, but a come and celebrate church. You see that? Like, not just come and see, come and celebrate. And it's still enter at your own pace, okay? It's still come as you are. Revolution will always be a safe place to hear a dangerous message. And, and I say the word dangerous because, like, it has the potential, like, the message of Jesus will turn your life upside down, man, when you accept it. Right side up, actually. But uh, this is a place full of real people learning at their own pace. And it's still sing when you're ready, okay? But when you're ready, let's do this thing, right? Because if we show passion and we celebrate what God has done, it shows to, the, to those that are, are here and aren't sure yet, man, Jesus is real. And what Jesus has done in my life to transform my life, it's legit. He really did change things for me. And I really have a passion about what he's done. So don't just come and see. Take a step to come and celebrate what God's doing. It's a party where the family gets together. We're expecting guests. We've changed up. Like our, our time for Sundays now is about 70 minutes. It used to be 60. We want to shoot for about 70 minutes now. To, very intentional with that to give a little more time to celebrate and to speak to the guests that are here. Maybe you've seen that change. But I, I just love the joy expressed in this place on Sundays. We come together. Like someone came up to me last Sunday after second service, huge smile on their face, and they said these words, that was fun. Did you know that's a goal that we have for our Sunday? First church I served at, I, first time I spoke on Sunday morning, I, I'll never forget, someone came up to me afterwards and they said, that was good. And I knew, you know, you could tell by the tone something else is coming. They're like, that was good, but it just seemed like you used a little too much humor to get the point across. 
You know what goal I have with revolution now is I want us to laugh together in this room and have fun because there's something powerful that happens when we just laugh. When we just have a good time together as Christ followers. Something happens even through that. So anyway, that's a whole lot to say about one party, the Matthew party, okay? And there's so much we can learn uh, as individuals, as a whole church on this thing that Matthew does once he becomes a Christ follower. But I said there was two parties, right? So let's look at this second one real quick. And if you've heard nothing else, you got to get this. Because uh, Jesus shows up at another party. It's a dinner party. And he's kind of, well, he's watching everyone. And he's noticing that everyone's trying to get the best seat at the table. Because I mean, this mattered more back then than it does now. Uh, like where you sat at the table, it, it spoke to your social status and class and so he's like, let's flip that, man. I mean, those that are exalted are going to be humbled. Those that are humbled, they're the ones that will be exalted. And hey, I need you right here, okay? This is big. This is so big. Right after he says that, he looks at the host of the party, and he says this. Then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. You with me still? making sure, because I'm telling you, this is the biggest thing. You got to get this. See, this is what he says. Instead, hey, hey, quit testing the bass back there. Okay, so here's what he said. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who cannot repay you. Jesus is like, Invite your friends and family over for dinner. All that stuff's great. Invite people that are going to invite you back. Invite people of same social or economic class. But, hey, I want to challenge you. Expand your invite list. Invite people that can't invite you back because of, you know, health reasons or financial reasons or or whatever it may be. Maybe they don't even think about it because they they just don't think about things like that. But expand the invite list. This is what Jesus was about. Now, listen, there's several years ago, almost 20 years ago now, there's this guy... uh, known as Brewster at his church in Kentucky, he went up to his pastor and he said, he, he read these verses in, in Luke chapter 14, right? He, he read these verses. He said, you know, like Jesus said, throw a party, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And he said to his pastor, uh, what do you think Jesus meant by that? And before his pastor could answer, he said, you know, I think what he meant was we're supposed to throw parties and invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. He's like, I think we should throw parties where our invitation will not be reciprocated. Where the the people that we invite to our parties, they're not going to invite us back. We're not expecting an invite back because, like I said, financial reasons or whatever it is. So he started hosting an event called, he just called it the Jesus Party. It was for special needs individuals in his community called the Jesus Party. Well, it grew and developed into something called the Jesus Prom. About four or five years ago, Tim Tebow's foundation got behind this idea, the Jesus Prom. And now hundreds of churches around the world host an event called Night to Shine, following the words of Jesus in Luke 14. Let's get a taste of it. We are all kings and queens. Absolutely. Well, I hope that you're going to be queen of the dance floor tonight.
Grab your favorite pair of denim, patched up knees and faded blue. Pull two twenties in your pocket, kiss your mama at the door. Take a picture, perfect postcard, and send it out across the world. This is our happened because one normal everyday guy had a vision and a desire to hey let's just throw more parties like Jesus did like Jesus challenged us to do and I think we can live this out as individuals at our home and you know different areas of the community you know we, we built this brand new amazing building this is a pretty cool space uh, and we want to have awesome Sunday parties but you know like we want to use this space for things like this and, and I'm believing, like, someone at Revolution is going to get, like, their heart is going to start beating a little bit faster for, like, a night to shine to happen in Logan Sport, Indiana. Uh, our partner church, Oakbrook, actually, in Kokomo, they're going to be hosting this again in three weeks. I'm praying maybe a group of revolutionaries go check it out. And, like, hey, we need to do that here. And I'm thinking there's going to be way more opportunities for, like, parties just like this here in this community, through this space, our facilities team is they're in the final stages of having this space ready to like you know book and rent out for for different things. So I'm just praying over that. We're, we're going to finish with this song. There's a there's a line in the song. Um, it says, "Joy overwhelming, old is made new, death lay defeated, when heaven breaks through." We're going to sing this as an anthem. For those that are Christ followers, let this be just an anthem of like what Jesus did in our life, what he can do in others' life. If you're here and you're not sure about Jesus yet, maybe you're Matthew at that tax booth. You're not like in Jesus today is saying, man, today could be the day you start that journey. There's going to be some volunteers over here at our prayer room. All you got to do, just if, if God's just moving in your heart in some way, just slip out of your seat. Walk back there. Those volunteers, they would love to talk with you about that, pray with you about that. Maybe today is the day you take that step. But for the rest of us, let's uh, let's stand together and just sing these words out. Mm-hmm.